What up, guys? Welcome back to the DNBR Rams podcast presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the app today and use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. All right, all right, all right. CSU fans got great news today. Mo Kamara has announced that he will, in fact, use his fifth year of eligibility and come back for one more run with the Rams. Really came into his own under Freddie Banks, set career high totals for total tackles, sacks, tackles for loss. PFF had him as a top 10 producer in terms of hits on the quarterback. He's just a really effective pass rusher, and he really came into his own under Freddie Banks. Like I said, I was, you know, effective in, in every facet of the defense, solid against the run as well. It's huge. You know, that's just one less hole that you have to fill on this defense. CJ Anyaki, unfortunately, you know, will not be back just because he only had one year of eligibility remaining. We'll see what happens with Chiggy at corner. But CSU Football posted in a video that featured highlights of Jack Howell and Mo Kamara and Tori Horton. That's three of the most important players on the entire roster. So the fact that they were able to get them all back for next fall is huge. Again, we'll have to see what happens with Chigoze, uh, Anusium, and Greg Day. But a massive win for this staff in what is going to be a really important month on the recruiting trail. CSU football also picked up a verbal commitment from Israel Polk tonight. Six foot, two and a half, 170 pound receiver out of St. John Bosco High School out in California. Also has offers from Army, Brown, Cal, uh, Fresno State, Nevada, Oregon State, San Diego State, San Jose State, UNLV, Utah State, Washington State, and a, a bunch of Ivy League programs. Always encouraging when CSU can land a guy, you know, a significant interest throughout the West Coast, though. According to Max Preps, he had 26 catches for 458 yards, average 45 yards a game, 17.6 yards per catch, eight receiving touchdowns this past season. We'll dive more into the roster situation and the recruiting update stuff in general in the next couple of days here, and then obviously just leading up to signing day. Earlier today, though, I was able to catch up with Jake Schwanitz. He covers CU for us. He's been really busy with the Deion Sanders stuff, so hasn't been quite as locked into hoops as, you know, probably normally would be at this time of the year. I certainly know how that goes. I mean, this same time last year was when CSU was announcing Jay Norvell as their head coach. It was chaos. You know, the Rams were undefeated at that point in basketball. It, it can just be a lot at this time of the year. I guess that's what I'm saying. But I wanted to pick his brain about this upcoming matchup with CU First time that these teams have played uh, since 2019, the Buffs beat the Rams in Fort Collins on that day. CU's been kind of all over the place this season. They've had some moments where they look really good. I mean, they convincingly beat a Tennessee team that many think is you know good enough to be in the mix for a national championship. They've also had some head-scratching losses. And I mean, it's been kind of similar for CSU in, in some ways. Rams have been a little bit more consistent, but you know, coming off of what was their worst showing of the year in that loss to Northern Colorado. This is a big game. I mean, this is this is a matchup that really neither team can afford a loss in when it comes to their NCAA tournament resumes. Opportunity for Nico Medved to earn his first win over CU as a head coach. 
and also an opportunity for Isaiah Stevens. I actually talked about this with Jake in the conversation that we have. Didn't explain it quite as you know articulately as I was hoping to, but I do think this this is a big moment for Isaiah. You know, in the spotlight, a chance to lead this team to victory on the road against a bitter rival. You know, Roddy's no longer in the picture. And it's your show. You know, it's your time to shine. The Rams, at least when I was in school, it, it kind of felt like always played better when the game was in Boulder than when it was in Fort Collins. Traditionally, it's just a tight matchup in general, decided by about 3.3 points per game. So definitely a big test for the Rams. Um, I'll write about this matchup. Obviously, I will be there in Boulder as well. Really excited to be back in the arena after uh, having to be away for a while. Still kind of in the process of trying to figure out uh, what's been wrong. Still have some more doctor's appointments scheduled, but excited to at least, you know, get back to (laughs) at least somewhat of a, a regular schedule here. Like I said, though, I will talk about this matchup more as we get closer to it on Thursday, and I'm definitely looking forward to being there. This is a game that should be played every year. Really, there's no excuse unless you know one side is, is scared of the other, and that's kind of what happened last year. The Buffs wanted no part of David Roddy and Isaiah Stevens and this experienced Rams team. Probably for the best for the Buffs in the end, though, because as my good friend Brian Roth said on the radio broadcast the other night, had the Rams and Buffs played last year, CSU by a million. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. I love being able to bet on the player prop options. Same game parlays are fun, live betting. It's just really cool. They've got a lot of unique stuff for you to get your skin in the game and you can do it in a lot of, you know, creative ways. So it's not just a, you know, straight, you know, money line bet or a straight spread bet. You can really get some unique stuff in there right now. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, get $150 in free bets. If they do check this out though, in addition, everyone can earn up to a hundred percent boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Just go to the app, place the same game parlay, combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals. Boom. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost and the bigger your shot to win big. Had I just done this every week and faded the Broncos and taken the unders on the point totals and passing yards and every other thing, points scored, would have been a millionaire by now. Maybe not a millionaire, but you know what I mean. The the bank would be looking pretty good right about now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Of course, I also want to shout out the homies over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Brew has a beer for any location, and there's no better way to watch a game than having some Breck Brew. Breck Brew has been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy. We love that out here in Colorado, uh, environmental uh, sustainability, and just, you know, general great practices. I love the Christmas ale. It's fun. They've got Buddy Pass, Avalanche Amber Ale, a Vanilla Porter Mile High City Copper Lager, Fun Slinger. If you're a seltzer guy, they got you covered there. And what's really cool about Breck Brew 
is you can use the beer locator to find the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever near you that offers their variety. And if you're looking for a holiday gift idea this winter, enter your favorite beer lover into Breck's Nice List sweepstakes at breckbrew.com and just search the Nice List. It's a really cool idea. Go check all that out. And maybe instead of cookies and milk this year, you leave an ice-cold avalanche amber ale out for old St. Nick. All right, y'all, without further ado, that conversation with Jake Schwanitz of DNVR Buffs, we just go back and forth on the upcoming matchup for uh, CSUCU, talk about, you know, what's kind of been, you know, going wrong for these teams, what they do well, what some of the keys are. I'll talk about this more in the coming days, but I just thought it would be fun to, you know, kind of pick his brain a little bit, get a different perspective. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. What up, y'all? Justin Michael of DNVR Rams here. We have a fun crossover episode. If you listen to the Rams pod, you know my voice. I am joined by Jake Schwanitz. He covers the buffs. It's been a crazy time for Jake, obviously, with the Deion Sanders stuff. Uh, have you slept at all this week? Um, I have technically slept. I have not slept well, to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, man. That is, uh, that's how it goes. CSU actually one year ago today announced Jay Norvell as their new head coach. So the vibes have drastically improved there uh, for both schools on the football front. Basketball, though, has been rolling now for both of these sides for quite some time. Uh, Tad Boyle, Nico Medved, two of the more underappreciated coaches in the game nationally, in my opinion, had a tremendous recruiter. I think Nico, from an X's and O's perspective, is, uh, is about as good as it gets. Both of these teams have, have been a little bit erratic at moments this season. Um, have had really high moments, obviously, with the Buffs taking down Tennessee really convincingly. Also lost by double digits to a good Boise State team, but not a great Boise State team by any means. Now have lost back-to-back games. Uh, fell to Arizona State at home in a heart-wrencher. Felt like the Buffs kind of just let them hang around and let them hang around and kind of gifted them a couple of opportunities An experienced ASU team, which has done a good job of adding talent via the portal took advantage. Buffs followed that up with a even more disappointing loss against Washington. Good team, but it kind of felt like a hangover loss, at least to me, just from the, the outside looking in CSU though, they're also looking for a better for performance because the Rams coming off their worst performance of the season Lost at home to Northern Colorado. They were 16-point favorites. Really got their butts kicked uh, in the paint and on the glass in this one. It was kind of, you know, an, an experienced UNC team with a lot of, you know, fifth-year guards, but still uh, concerning in that regard. I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I want to give Jake the mic here. We can talk about that Washington game, but I guess more than that, I just want to ask you, what is the the temperature amongst, you know, like Buffs fans right now, or I I didn't really ask that right. Like, how are Buffs fans feeling, I guess? Are they uneasy? Because you've seen the potential, but the the high variance in results makes it really hard to kind of get a gauge of, you know, what is this team? What can they accomplish? Uh, Frustrating would be the word I think fans would use because they've just been so up and down. Uh, You mentioned that loss to Washington. The Arizona State one was awful. They really should have won that game. But with that loss to Washington, they lose back-to-back games for the first time this season. And 
it's concerning in the fact that a lot of these problems that have been coming up throughout the year, um, some problems coming into the year too, the lack of size, um, just the lack of inexperience, the lack of a true leader, a go-to guy that can get you a bucket when you need it. Uh, that really showed up against Washington. Uh, as you mentioned, the highs have been high when they shoot well. I mean, they're tough to beat, but they don't shoot well all the time. They really struggle constantly. They turn the ball over constantly. Um, they've had issues with injuries, lineup guys in and out. They really have struggled to find another guard to fit into that starting rotation. It's just been, it's frustrating. That's all I ever can really say. When I look at this Buffs roster and when I look at the the numbers, a couple of things jump out to me and you, and you kind of alluded to them there. One, the inconsistency from a jump shooting perspective. Two, the turnovers. Three, the lack of assists. Only one guy on CU averaging more than two assists a night. Comparatively, CSU has five guys currently averaging two or more assists. Is it is it a lot of ISO? I mean, from what I've seen, it can be a bit stagnant for this Buffs offense, and that's confusing to me given their turnover numbers. Like a lot of the times, you know, when you have high turnovers because they're whipping the ball around, you know, unless you just have a guy trying to do too much. Right. I don't know. It is interesting me to me there though, and I and I think it does kind of come down to like you said, just not having, you know, like a true point guard you can lean on to facilitate. And if you're CSU, I think you feel pretty good in that regard, given that you have Isaiah Stevens back. Right. So, I mean, that's the huge thing. Um, the ball, like when I think about the season as a whole to this point, they've moved the ball well. They've found open shots. It's just, I mean, what Coach Boyle calls it is lack of toughness. That's what he's really been preaching on. I think that's been the problem under the rim and in those situations. Um, we've seen Javon Hadley, the transfer, come in from Indian Hills Community College. He's one of those guys that's embodied toughness that Coach Boyle keeps pointing to as a guy that, this team just needs to take some of that with them. Um, the turnovers, though, it's just sloppy play at times. I mean, it's almost like they're forcing the offense too much. They force the passes inside under the basket too often. And as we mentioned, they're usually not able to, especially against Washington, keep up with their size. So it just creates issues when those big hands and arms get in the passing lanes. Balls are flying all over the place. You mentioned the lack of size there. I, I mean, these these teams, it's it's going to be a problem for both of them all season, especially when you face some of the more uh, legit teams in their respective conferences. You know, the the Arizonas of the world, if you're a CU, the San Diego States of the world, if you're CSU. When when CU is rolling, what are they doing well? When they're rolling, uh, KJ is taking over basketball games. Tristan Da Silva is able to kind of make up for that lack of size and be aggressive, play bigger than he actually is. I mean, he's like a 6'9", 6'10", forward already. But um, in terms of a center, I mean, Lawson Lovering just hasn't really completely developed to the offensive side of his game on defense. He really stands out to me just with how much he communicates, points out um, what exactly is going on on the floor. So when it looks good, that's, that's what it looks like. It's these guys, they're aggressive, they're able to get uh, great looks and hit their great looks um, and just hit the the three ball too. I mean, that's been one of the big reasons why they upset Tennessee, why they upset Texas A&M, um, why they were able to not lose to Yale by, uh, they only won by three at home in that game and Yale was really coming back in the end too. So that's what it looks like when it's rolling. But even in the Washington game, they were playing pretty well in the first half. They just kind of fell apart and struggled with that zone down the stretch. So 
it seems like in your assessment, it's more about handling like the moment and and the intensity of the game and kind of being inexperienced and immature and having that show like they do have talent and athleticism. They they aren't necessarily locked in, you know, from from possession to possession. Yeah, I mean, you lose Evan Batty, a guy who was a huge leader on and off the court for this team. Um, they've had other guys like McKinley Wright who have been huge leaders and have, I mean, for lack of a better term, led them through those tough stretches. They don't really have that right now. And it's something that Coach Boyle was concerned about coming into the year. And it's really just continued to be exposed as we move through this season so far. It's going to be interesting. I don't, I haven't seen a line come out for this matchup yet. Ken Palm has it as a six-point victory for CU. When I look at this matchup, though, with CSU having Isaiah Stevens back, I kind of like their presence. I mean, obviously, with no David Roddy, it's it's a much different matchup than last year, and Ram fans will, uh, you know, they're going to bring up the fact that CU ducked them last year, which is what happened, but that's part of the game. I get it. You know, it's scheduling. It's all all a little song and dance there. I don't think I probably would have wanted to play David Roddy either. Um, I don't know. I, I don't feel hor- about, horrible about it from CSU's perspective, but they have to defend the paint a hell of a lot more than they have um, at times this year. The Rams have been pretty good about valuing their possessions, so you're not really worried about that, especially when Isaiah Stevens is out there. For the Rams, I think it's just going to be big if they can you know, disrupt CU, get them kind of out of a rhythm, you know, take some of those turnovers and have it lead to transition buckets the either the other way. The Rams really like to run guys off the court when they have that opportunity. You get Isaiah Stevens rolling early. You know, I, I could see a situation where CSU gets hot. That said, you know, the CSU's kind of had some of that as well, where it's like they've showed that immaturity when it gets tough. And that's kind of where I'm curious is, you know, which one of these teams coming off of a, a rough game can get it together and win an important one. Cause you know, if you're CSU outside of Northern Colorado, they've done a pretty good job of avoiding bad losses. Now that one really hurts their resume. I don't necessarily forecast either one of these teams as like guaranteed NCAA tournament teams or anything like that. But I mean, you are at the position at programs where you want to be in the mix every year. This is a big game. Like neither side can really afford to lose it. Yeah, no, great, great points all around there. Um, I actually want to respond to that with a question just about CU's resume to this point and with just the high variance, really. They have big wins and they have terrible losses. What does that look like in the grand scheme of the tournament at this point? I mean, are they out already for CU or is there still hope to kind of salvage this just with, I mean, we saw last year they had a nice run towards the end of the year. Um, They didn't really do much in the tournament, however, though. Where should where should we kind of put our hope? I guess in this this team and their resume so far. If are they pull up the, the dream schedule dead? here? Okay. Um, I mean, no, you're you're certainly not out of it because you're going to have plenty of opportunities for a lot of Q one and Q two games and conference play. I mean, you know, those road games against like UCLA, right? Uh, Arizona, those type of games are going to be huge. For for CU, you got to have this one. Um, they got to win these next four in non-conference play. I think losing to CSU is is a loss that you can survive because I think the Rams will be pretty good when it's all said and done. Probably like even if you lose, you know, a Q two loss at worst, maybe Q three, depending on on how the metrics end up playing out. 
But if you're C, if you're CU and you're looking at this schedule, you got these next four at home: CSU, North Alabama, uh, Northern Colorado, Southern Utah. Then you have like a deceptively tough road stretch to open up the conference play with Stanford, Cal before Oregon and Oregon State come, and then USC, UCLA. That's six games right there. That that's probably what's going to determine whether or not the Buffs are, are going to be in the dance or not. You can obviously, you know, always win the conference tournament. Like there there are always you know fluky right. ways to back in, but yeah, I mean the the unfortunate part I think about college basketball, and then you could, you know, maybe say the same in, in college football is the bad losses seem to hurt you a hell of a lot more than the great wins seem to to benefit you. The other question I have, um, you mentioned Isaiah Stevens, he came back. How did he look just in his return to the floor? And what do you expect from him just this game? Is he gonna be his old self or is he still not there yet? You know, the the first matchup, he came out and CSU kind of really thumped a quality Loyola Marymount team at home. And he looked like his usual self. I mean, he, he came out, hit a mid-range jumper, then a step back three, then he's attacking the rim. He looked a hell of a lot more explosive than I would have anticipated right off the bat, especially given that it's a foot injury. Maybe showed a little bit more rust in that second game, had a couple of, you know, kind of uncharacteristic turnovers, just, you know, a, a pass you don't, you know, normally see him make dribble it off of himself, that type of thing. He is just one of those dudes that's so locked in all the time. Like his perform his poor performances are so few and far between that I I just I give him the benefit of the doubt at this point. He's, you know, since he was a true freshman, has always performed well in these moments but that said i mean this is a, this is a big moment you know if you're isaiah stevens david roddy no longer in the picture you haven't played cu in a couple years the last time they came into fort collins beat you when csu was you know kind of starting to begin that ascension with you know roddy and, and stevens they were freshmen at the time if you're isaiah you know this is an opportunity where you kind of have to like leave your mark a little bit i mean he's obviously accomplished so much he's an all-conference player freshman uh, mountain west player of the year He's he's going to be one of the greatest, you know, CSU basketball players of all time when it's all said and done. But you need these moments, right? You know, those rivalry moments that like stand out if you really want to be revered. Like Bradley Van Pelt was a really fun college football player. He's like an average quarterback, but right. he had those moments, you know, in the biggest games. And for Isaiah, he has all the talent in the world. He has the resume. I think for him, this is kind of an opportunity to to earn one of those signature moments. And he he's going to embrace that. I mean, he feels to an extent, I feel like, you know, like he gets overlooked a little bit and he does. He's genuinely one of the better point guards in the country and he just does not get that attention. I'm really excited for him. Uh, that said, you know, this, this matchup always just, it's tight. You know, like even when one side is on paper, a significantly more skilled team, they played 55 times on average, it's decided by 3.3 points. Which team can execute in the crunch time? I like if you're CSU that you have an Isaiah Stevens. One thing both fans should be worried about, though, neither of these teams can make their damn free throws. No, it's been a it's been a battle shooting the ball all year at all parts of the floor for the Buffs. It's been awful. I am curious about that, and I am curious if one side gets hot, how does the other team respond? Can you stay composed, you know, and just, all right, we got to buy a bucket here. Maybe you try and slow things down, work, you know, work it in the paint or you start going shot for shot. And that's kind of where CSU's yeah. gotten in trouble at times in the past. They've been 
a little hot and cold as a jump shooting team too. Really, the last couple of years, like the numbers tend to even out and look pretty good in CSU's per uh, in CSU's favor. They do have these games though, where it's like, yeah, I mean, they finished you know twenty of you know thirty five or whatever, but they started one of thirteen or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So then they can kind of have those as well, and they also tend to have those moments where when the other team you know, knocks down a couple of threes, they start trying to, you know, match them. For these young, inexperienced teams, who can just stay composed, you know, like who can battle yep. it out, hang around. It's a game of runs, you know, just don't yep. don't lose yourself. Don't get uncomposed if one team gets hot. And I think if if one team can kind of just battle it out, they should be okay. I think the talent level is relatively similar. Same thing with athleticism. You know, CU does have a great home court advantage. I'll be interested to see. I'll, I'll be interested to see what the atmosphere is like too, you know, especially given yeah. that there's all this juice, you know, around Dion. I don't know if he'll be there right. or not since he's still coaching the the bowl game. I kind of doubt not, but I'll be curious to see like what that vibe is like. Cause obviously the, the Buffs fans are, are loud and proud right now. Yeah. I mean, I love that you led into that. Cause that's what I wanted to get into. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. I'm really looking forward to covering the game alongside you um, because you're just our resident college hoops guy and I appreciate your insights. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to expect. Honestly. Uh, I really asked around. I tried to see if coach prime is going to be at this game. A lot of people were unsure. So um, we'll wait and see. I know it's going to be close to sold out. If it isn't already, it's going to be an absolutely raucous atmosphere. I know the students are going to show up. They've been showing up pretty well um, after CU returned from that road trip earlier in the season. It's going to be fun, man. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just glad they're playing, man. You know, I'll make jokes about, you know, the Buffs ducking, you know, the Rams last year. But frankly, this is just this is the game that should be played yearly. You can't make the same arguments you can about football where it's like you only got, you know, three non-conference games. I, I understand the logic of that. When you're playing a 30 game season, generate yeah. interest, especially when you have two programs that are well coached. You have, you know, student, you know, fan bases that are buying in and engaged. Like, I understand first and foremost, this is always going to be a football state. It's just, it's rooted in our identity. You know, I mean, it starts right. with the Broncos, but, you know, CU football, CSU football under Sunny, like it just, it is what it is. We're a football state. These games have been some of my favorites. I mean, I know you didn't go to to CU, so it's a little bit different for you going into this one, but just some of those matchups, like Spencer Dinwiddie going into Moby Arena, you know, and, and basically single-handedly beating the Rams by himself over the final 10 minutes. Like, I didn't get over that for a year. And then, you know, Nico Carvacho going into Boulder and a shorthanded CSU squad without their best player, you know, upsetting the buffs. Like, that's what it's all about. These games are competitive. They generate interest. I wish we played twice. I wish you played a home and home like New Mexico and New Mexico State. Now, yeah. uh, that one has gotten kind of intense for off the court reasons, and that story gets uh, crazier and crazier. We don't so have maybe, to get into maybe that. two times is, is too many for the intensity, but I, I'm just glad to have this game back. It's it's great for college sports. It's great for local interest. And if you can't make it to Boulder, make sure you're at the DNVR bar because we will have it rocking. There'll probably be fans of, of both sides there. The Nuggets game is going to be on afterwards. It's just a good time. It's going to be a blast, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm really interested to see how this team responds, too. I mean, first back-to-back losses of the season, it's really time for them to step up and figure out if they're going to be for real or not. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, this this really is a, a big matchup for both these teams. I feel like it's a prove-it moment for both of them coming off of, of rough stretches. There's certainly, you know, I could see a scenario in which either side wins. I don't I don't feel like the talent gap is is significant either way, but I feel pretty good as a CSU guy. I'll just say that. I feel pretty good. Part of that is for some reason, and I should have I should have verified the stats on this, but it just feels like CSU plays better in Boulder than they do in Fort Collins in this series. Like I don't know what it is. Like the the I don't know, they just enjoy, you know, kind of coming in and you know, being spoilers a little bit or something, but uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. We're going to have tons of people from DNVR there, coverage from every angle possible, so I'll obviously be covering it for the Ram fans. Jake will have it covered for the Buffs fans. RG, I think, will be there and have everybody covered. I don't know. Yep. It's going to be crazy. Um, we'll mm-hmm. probably have more stuff that comes out between now and then, so keep your eyes on that. Make sure you're following Jake and me for all things recruiting. Both of these recruiting classes are going to be insane, mostly because Dion is going to uh, make his own, obviously. That tends to happen. Jay Norvell did the same thing, only signed one of Steve Adazio's uh, previous verbal commits. But mm-hmm. the Rams have a ton of open scholarships, too. So it's going to be uh, the wild, wild west. And obviously, building up towards that, what is it, September 19th, uh, week three, whatever it is, when CSU and CU play yeah. in football in the fall. Yeah, man, really looking forward to it. Uh, also use this opportunity to plug the draft pod too. We talk college football, all things college football, really. And NFL draft related to the Broncos almost every Friday. We're a little fluid when it comes to that. Um, but it's one of my favorite shows that I get to do every week. And I hope you guys tune in. Definitely check that out. We need to do a better job of promoting it. But I know that we do have a loyal audience that uh, comes back week after week, which is awesome to see. Shout out to all of you. Shout out to our presenting sponsors who Jake and I will mention individually because we have two different pods and this gets wonky. And a shout out to all of you. It's a fun time to be a college sports fan in this state. Um, If you like what we do, always consider becoming a DNVR diehard. You get awesome discounts on merchandise, exclusive opportunities, exclusive content, uh, discounted drinks at the bar. It really is the best uh, Colorado sports fan community out there. And you're missing out if you're not. So go check that out at the dnvr.com. Check out everything else we've got going on. Nuggets, abs, Broncos season almost over. Thank God, you name it. But uh, <laughs> like Jake said, we got the draft pod. And obviously, we'll be keeping you covered all throughout college basketball season. Much love to all of you. Shout out to all the local sports fans. Peace. Thank you.